Welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today, bringing you the latest in technology, talent, and transformational change. With me, your host, Professor Sally Eaves. Hello, everyone, and a warm welcome to Tomorrow's Tech Today, a special on systems, silicon, and software, empowering the industrial metaverse, a deep dive on the latest innovation in NVIDIA's Omniverse. And just to set the scene a little, the industrial metaverse is really coming fast as digital twins take shape as exemplified by the 150 enterprises that have already partnered with NVIDIA on the Omniverse, the simulation environment catalyzing innovation to build metaverses big and small. And in this special event, we reflect on all the breaking news around the industrial metaverse and Omniverse with Rev Lebridian, who is the Vice President of Omniverse and Simulation Technology at NVIDIA. Welcome to the show, Rev. Thank you for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. And I wonder if I could just ask a very quick question, just to set the scene for the audience, if you could share a little bit about yourself and your role at NVIDIA. I lead the Omniverse and Simulation Group here at NVIDIA. I've been here for uh, over 20 years now. Previous to NVIDIA, I was in the visual effects world in Hollywood, but I've been here for 20 years. Essentially, working on all things related to simulating virtual worlds from rendering to physics and uh, most recently omniverse which is something we started uh, about five years ago fantastic i love that i saw one of your earlier roles was at disney i was back recently from d23 so again these themes were very much sort of for there as well fantastic and yeah, that was a while ago when i was i was still yes. a kid Oh, bless. Thank you. Um, and obviously, GTC 22 been an amazing event. Absolutely. I think immersive is the word. Packed with fantastic sessions. I've absolutely loved it. And there's so much to unpack from the keynote and all the different announcements around innovation. But before we go into the details, I just love if we could set the scene a little bit for the audience, because some of these terms are not going to be familiar to everyone. and They can be a bit ambiguous. Could you explain what industrial metaverse means to you and also how NVIDIA's Omniverse delivers on that? That's a really great question, you know, because these terms have different meanings for everyone. The most loaded one in those two words is the metaverse one. What is that to begin with? Our view on the metaverse as a whole, not just the industrial metaverse, but the metaverse, is that essentially it's the third iteration of the internet. There was the pre-web days when, when our interface to the internet was, was just text on very slow, slow connections. The web introduced a visual interface, but a two-dimensional one. And now we're entering this new era where our interface into the internet is something like what the world around us is like. It's 3D, it's spatial, and we, we can be immersed inside these spaces sort of relative to each other within a space. So when you think about it from that perspective, that it's, the metaverse is the internet, but a new iteration of that. It helps to answer what the industrial metaverse is. It's kind of like saying, what's the industrial internet? A lot of people think about the metaverse primarily in terms of the entertainment-related things we're, we're going to be doing there. The term metaverse is the strong connotation with gaming or, or social sorts of experiences. But really, the metaverse is going to be those things and much more, the same way the internet is those things and much more as well. So for us, the industrial metaverse is all about how do we 
how do we harness the superpowers that this next iteration of the internet, one that's spatial with world simulation and physical accuracy imbued in it, how do we harness that for industrial applications, for making all of the things in the world around us more efficiently, making better things, making it faster, and with, with less harm to our world and our environment? Absolutely. I love that. I love that point at the end there as well. I think it really is a kind of catalyst enabler, not just for, as you were saying, gaming and entertainment, and also not just for business, but also for innovation that benefits society as well. And things around energy efficiency, all sorts of different applications I'm seeing here too. So super, super exciting. Um, to drill into that a little bit more, obviously Jensen did an amazing keynote to commence the event, unveiling real-world breakthroughs driven by AI and driven by the metaverse. So many kind of announcements were announced in there around the tools and technology, different levels of innovation that's going to benefit so many verticals. I wonder if we could explore some of them. Cloud in particular really came to mind, but there was a whole number of things that were announced there. I wonder if we could pick out a few for the audience and just show how that's going to enable that trajectory of innovation you were describing. Yeah, well, one of the biggest announcements, if not the biggest, is the introduction of our next generation of GPUs, Ada, Ada Lovelace. Uh, this is a remarkable accomplishment and uh, a remarkable feat. We introduced RTX, our ray tracing advanced rendering technology, uh, combined with, with AI technologies, promised to usher in a new era of simulation in real time. Back in 2018, it was around the summer 2018, that was introduced with our Turing architecture. We had spent over a decade working towards that moment to bring in ray tracing into hardware and accelerate it, something that likely would not have happened for another decade had we have not done that ourselves. But it was the first iteration. And when we introduced it, of course, there are no applications out there that could really fully take advantage of it. As a result, there's a lot of things we didn't know. We didn't know what it's the best way to do such a thing, to add ray tracing to, to these applications. With Ada, we're now two generations past that. We designed Omniverse to take advantage of the future, to take advantage of the future GPUs that are coming. So we started designing it in the Turing era, but with anticipation of what's to come. With Ada, it's finally here. This is really a remarkable step in terms of performance for RTX rendering and neural graphics. And uh, we're about to see the implications of that as people get their hands on it. Fantastic. No, I love that. As I say, it was almost a pick and mix of so many different aspects there around the cloud services, GPUs you were mentioning there, um, next generation neural graphics as well, large language model capabilities increasing too. I also love the drive Thor for the automobility sector as well. So, so many different examples there to go into. Too many things I to talk some... about, Sally. Yeah, There's I know. I know. We're going to need another episode. <laughs> I love that. But that's what was so impressive for me about the event, though. In fact, every single announcement is being backed up by practical implementation around the research as well that supports all of this. And so many verticals taking advantage of it. Your panel session as well, your level of adoption, and from places you wouldn't necessarily have expected it either. I want to come back to that a little bit later, but super, super impressive. One of the things I wanted to talk about now was you've already kind of talked a little bit around simulation. So all these different kind of practical examples where we can use these use cases. So simulation, replication, digital twins, of course. 
Can you share a few examples? And one that I absolutely love was the Violet AI that we saw demonstrated. I thought that was so, so impressive um, during day one. But if we could bring a few of those to life and perhaps a vertical example. So I have a telco background, so I was going to pick that one as, as an example. But I'd love to just kind of share that for anybody who wasn't able to watch it live. Obviously, we'll share the on-demand link for later on as well. But you know, where are you seeing the most impact in it and what verticals do you think are most relevant today? What's really been surprising to me is how quickly demand from so many different verticals, it's a diverse set of verticals have, has come to us. As we've been building out Omniverse and showing it, companies, companies I had never thought of have come to us with their needs in terms of digital twins, AI, and these industrial metaverse kinds of applications. We showed a lot of them during this keynote. There were the examples with Lowe's using uh, using XR, AR combined with Omniverse and digital twins to match the digital twins of their stores to the real store, with the layout of all of, of the objects and um, products that are on their shelves and how usually they're out of sync with, with what the plan is. There's Deutsche Bahn who is using digital twins built on Omniverse to uh, create AIs to make self-driving trains, as well as make their train system more, more efficient, go do simulations so they can optimize, optimize it so that they can reach their targets of moving more people, 30% more, more passengers with the same, same resources through their system and making it safer for the people there. There was the telco use case with heavy AI, Everything we're building these days is just getting more and more complex. Telco, you know, the different generations here, 5G is, is also more complex than the previous generations. We're doing all kinds of crazy things like beam forming and optimization so that we could minimize the amount of energy that's spent with our radio towers and all of that. So building digital twins of whole cities so we can intelligently and efficiently plan how we lay out our towers and our infrastructure so we can give the best service at the lowest cost and with minimal impact to our environment. It's mind blowing all the things we can do there. There's no end to the things that can be done. And we just, the number we showed in the keynote is staggering. And there's even more than that because we only had an hour and a half to do the whole keynote. I love that. But you're right, though, isn't it? It's the art of the possible being realised across so many different verticals. And what I love as well is this is shared value benefit. It's actualising as well. You mentioned a few of them already in terms of energy. Again, the resonance around that has never been as strong, quite rightly so, as well. And you know, I'm, I'm an inner trans. And again, that's been you know embedded by design across so many different areas of conversation, but genuine actions. And I've been very hands-on around digital twins while I've been here as well. So I absolutely love that example. But it really is that combination it's efficiency, it's effectiveness, it's performance, it's safety, it's energy efficiency, it's all those different aspects coming together. It's this Asia convergence this is really helping to deliver on. So absolutely love those examples. It's packed. And spectrum optimization on the 5G side of things as well. So excellent. And one other area I've seen is that sometimes people talk about different areas in silos. It's, it's kind of that classic IT thing, isn't it? And one I've seen that happening is terming about, for example, gaming metaverse over here and enterprise over here. In your panel discussion, I love the fact that you were talking about almost this fusion, about the developing of one really helping to develop the other. I love if you could explore that a little bit more. I thought it was a really interesting point. Yeah, I think 
for for most people, it's pretty surprising that technology that was created for for video games, for entertainment, how that's applicable to the wider world of things that we're doing. But for those of us that have been in in the gaming industry and or just play video games, I don't think it's quite as surprising when when you look at all of the biggest, most profound shifts in technology in the last 20 years, pretty much all of them first arrived in the gaming world. And so you can look at digital currencies, you can look at virtual item commerce, voice over IP, even the idea of social networks. Those all, the proto versions of those happened in gaming in some form and then, and then evolved. What a modern video game is these days, a modern multiplayer video game, it's essentially a, it's a shared experience that's driven by the simulation of a virtual world, a virtual world that has its, its rules. There's physics inside that world, and there's rules for how things look, much like the physics of how light and matter work inside our real world. So we've spent the last 20, 30 years building all of these technologies to do world simulation in the gaming industry. And now those technologies are um, applicable to do simulations that are for non-gaming purposes. There are, there are distinct differences between what we need to do for industrial applications versus gaming, but a large amount of it overlap there. It's because we, we had that industry to support us as NVIDIA from the beginning that we are now here. The video game industry has grown by leaps and bounds since NVIDIA helped kickstart it in 1993. And the investments that we can make for every generation of our GPUs has been mostly, mostly funded by video games. But those same GPUs are now used for artificial intelligence. They're used for simulating weather and climate change and all these other things. So it's surprising, I think, to many. But but if you take a step back and look at it and go, no, it, it actually makes sense that the most advanced technologies kind of spring forth from video games because the most ultimate video game you could ever play would be one that's indistinguishable from the richness and complexity of the real world. And that's kind of the ultimate computer science problem. So if we could solve that, then we can solve pretty much all the other ones. Um, so I love that. And you're so so right. We, we always see the trajectories of innovation from different areas. It's like with space tech, isn't it? For example, how much of a difference that's ended up making for car safety, for example. We always have that kind of follow on and that fusion of one area benefiting another. So I think that's a great way of unpacking that. Love that. Fantastic. Yeah, I think what's surprising to many is that they think of gaming as because it's entertainment. They think of yes. it kind of as like a toy, which has this idea or connotation around it that it's simplistic. But nothing could be further from the truth. And for those that grew up gaming, they know those are the most advanced pieces of software probably ever written. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great point. And alongside that as well, I think the other thing that came to the fore for me, to be fair, this is something I think that's come to the fore over the last two years. You know, if we think about what's happened with, with the pandemic, for example, I think one of the positive things to have come out of that is 
better co-creativity, you know, coming together as an ecosystem to kind of you know, address common problems and, and kind of catalyze innovation, like the HPC consortium, for example, around um, vaccine development. That really accelerated the innovation curve. We've seen that in other areas too. So I'd love to unpack that a little bit more in this particular context. So how we can come together to you know, expand and accelerate the metaverse, and in particular, the partnership with Siemens. I think it's a really, really powerful one for industrial metaverse to how to go forward with speed and scale and kind of get those complementary benefits and strengths coming together. I was there at the launch in person, so it was lovely to be there and I saw you on that day as well. But I wonder if we could share more for the audience today about how that's coming together and the next steps in that partnership. Those are really great questions. The first one about the importance of standards for the metaverse, I think is a really, really important question. When you look at it from our perspective, the metaverse is, is the next generation internet. Then you can look back to the other generations of the internet, the first and second, and think about what role did standards play in the creation and advancement and growth of, of those generations. From the very start, the internet has been built around open standards. We had the lowest levels of the internet or the protocols we use to communicate, you know, TCP IP, all the routing protocols and all of that. It's hard to imagine the web existing or being able to come into existence if those standards weren't standard and open. We needed to have enough of an internet with enough players in there all communicating with each other seamlessly before the web could happen. And so with the web, we got the second iteration and that was born with open standards as well. We had HTTP and HTML and all the, the core building blocks of the web were open from the start and continue to be open. Uh, we're you know at HTML5 plus 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 now. That's all developed as a standard. Every time some new technology that uh, would benefit the web is put forth, we try it out for a little while and eventually get it standardized. It's impossible to imagine that the third iteration of the internet, the metaverse, could exist unless we have open standards from day one, just like the other generations of the internet. And so that's what we're focused on, or at least the subset of the standards necessary to build the parts that that are we're uniquely suited to help with. And the one, one standard that we have been advancing and see as critical that, and think that we can make the most contributions in is Pixar's uh, universal scene description platform for describing things inside these virtual worlds, composing them together and communicating them. Pixar open sourced it back in 2015, and we immediately took notice and said that this looks like the 3D analog of HTML. What HTML was to the web, we think uh, USD can be this for the 3D internet. And so we've been we've been steadily increasing our investment in that and uh, inviting others to do so as well and working with them. So I think we're we're about to see a lot of these standards quickly form. On the second part of that, you asked about the industrial metaverse yes. and and what Siemens means in this sector. I also believe that for the specific needs of industry, you know, manufacturing and heavy industry and all of that. There's a lot of lot of technology we need and a lot of standardization for how we connect the virtual world 
the digital world, the IT world, the computing world, to the real world. And Siemens is uniquely positioned to form that connection. They already have been doing that. They are a leader in operational technology. They have the computers that link to the physical things, to robots and conveyor belts and and all of the stuff that would be in a factory and uh, in operation elsewhere. All of those, those things are links between the IT world and the, the virtual world and the real world. So we are really, really thrilled to partner with Siemens because that's something that we can't bring to the table. That's something that Siemens uniquely brings. With them, we, we believe we can make a open set of standards and evolve how, how this link happens so we can create real digital twins. Fantastic. I, I couldn't agree more strongly. And I, I've had the opportunity to look at some of this really you know, up close as well. And it is that bridge, isn't it? And I think it's absolutely key to, to really accelerate things by that coming together that you're describing there. It's the it's benefit of both and bridging across those worlds, which is fantastic to see. Also, things like the Metaverse Standards Forum, which I know you're a normal partner of, I think is really important too. I actually did a session a couple of weeks ago with, with Australian government, and this was kind of looking at the Metaverse from an inclusion perspective and how we can do things the right way, how we can learn from those past iterations of tech development that you've described so, so powerfully today. And the, what came through there in terms of audience questions and things was you know, embedding security by design embedding accessibility by design and the call for standardization came through really strongly as something people really wanted to see. So your focus on that you know, by design from this early stage is, is fantastic to see and so, so important. So I love that. And that power of partnership massively coming to the fore there. That's brilliant. Another yeah, I think it's really interesting that you were talking to them and they mentioned that. I've seen the same thing. I've talked to other others in governments around the world about this. This iteration of the internet it's all about making the internet look and feel and behave like, like the real world. And our experience throughout history has always been only in this world. You know, this digital thing, the internet is a relatively new creation. The previous iterations of the internet were largely designed by software engineers and computer scientists. Our user experiences and how we interact with each other have been done by people like me who design software. In this new iteration, the, most of the designers of the spaces and the things that are gonna be in the metaverse are not gonna be software engineers because software engineers don't know how to do things like make public spaces and museums and libraries and fun spaces to hang out in. That is the purview of experts who, who do those sorts of things in the real world. And so I'm really excited about the idea of being able to invite all of the people that build things in the real world to come build the metaverse. And I think that's an important thing for, for everyone to understand now that the metaverse is not something that's going to be limited to just people who are computer scientists and tech experts. It's for everyone. And they have a place in there and actually they're essential. We can't build uh, great virtual worlds without the expertise of building worlds, which comes from, from all these other domains. Absolutely. It's that fusion, isn't it? And ensuring all those voices and experiences are heard and embedded into the building of this. I, I love that. Absolutely agree. And also in terms of different ways of engaging, I also wanted to mention like different ways of engaging with the, with the G. 
DC event actually as well, which I think have been really powerful. One example of that, you know, this, this very day actually was the watch party that you were involved in. And again, just to share a little bit about that with the audience as well, were there any of the questions that came through to you that, that surprised you or you think would be really valuable to share today? Because it was a really interactive session. Love the quality of the questions and the diversity of them as well. So we wanted to pick a moment from that to share. So again, it's another innovation engaging with the content in different ways. I was feverishly responding to all the questions while the, the videos were, because we pre-recorded the session, we play it, and then while it's airing, I was answering all the questions as they came in. And there was a really diverse set of them, but I think the one, one question that kept coming up was, what is the most important thing to do in the industrial metaverse? Or some form of that. Everybody wanted to understand what is the most valuable thing we can do and where they should focus and what they what what part of this metaverse what technology what specific craft should they should they hone in on and with that unfortunately i don't think there's a single answer i think that's sort of like asking you know in the early days of the web what should you focus what should you do on the internet what would be valuable <laughs> and it just like well, kind of everything, you know, and we don't know what all the interesting things are going to be because that's the power and value of the thing we're building. It's so general that you can do almost anything in there. So we all just kind of need to explore. I think what people should do is look at problems that vex them in their domain in the real world and think about how having this kind of simulation technology where you can have a digital twin of of the real world thing that you're doing or building or operating in, if you had that and you can teleport to it anytime and you can rewind and fast forward in time and you had a time machine, what are the things that would unlock? How would it make your job better? How would you create more value using those superpowers? And uh, think about that. So that was the recurring question. Was, what should I do in the industrial metaverse? And And I think... The answer to that is, well, you should continue doing what you're doing without it, but make it a whole lot better because you're an expert in that thing. And we need everyone to, to build up this metaverse together and bring their, their, their particular domain knowledge to it. Absolutely. And I love that ethos there of kind of go explore and, and find that path. I love that. And another thing that was ringing in my head when you were talking there about applications, I, I do a lot with my nonprofit around inclusion. And empathy, for example, that this sensoriness that you can you can have in the metaverse, I think it's going to be very powerful applications there. Because I always say, you know, kind of walking someone else's shoes. In this particular circumstance, you can do that in a whole different level. So I'm also excited about what we can do there around that particular area as well. So so many so many applications. So absolutely really dynamic times, I would say. What would you say from a skills perspective? Some of the implications of this new technology are, and this convergence that's coming together. Have you got any recommendations there for people who may be looking to come into the space? If you're interested in building some of the plumbing to make this happen, I would suggest starting to learn some of the basics of computer graphics and start learning, most importantly, learn about the standards that are forming. The one I suggest and the one that we're all in on is universal scene description. If you believe that the metaverse is going to be big, and you believe that the foundation of it is going to be the standards that are emerging right now, you should go invest in those things. 
it's similar to back in 1994, 95, when the web was first starting, everybody had to go learn HTML. And there's a big push for that. I'm old enough to remember that. People were typing HTML inside text editors and all that. Nowadays, you don't need to know it because we have so many sophisticated tools that abstract that away for you. But in this, in this early stage of the metaverse, that's a key advantage you can have. If you understand how some of the foundational technology works, you have an advantage over others. Fantastic. I love that. And I think my kind of complimentary answer to that would be as well, focus on holistic skills. You know, we've got this speed of change. I think we need to help people you know, be agile. We talk about agile organizations all the time, don't we? But I think helping people to be agile individuals as well. So complement that specific tech training that you were talking there in the graphics space, absolutely spot on, but also with kind of more STEAM focus, as I like to call it. So things around emotional intelligence and, and empathy, to, to, to use that again and your, your communication skills, the storytelling, all of those are very, very complementary. And you know, you've got that creative imagination to look at those new applications for the metaverse alongside those technology skills to actualize them as well. So again, it's that complementary strengths coming together. So that would be definitely my recommendation on that, on that particular one. As we come to, to the end of our discussion as well, I'd love to kind of look ahead a little bit further. So I love this expression, kind of use cases yet to be invented. And so from your perspective, Rob, if you could dream anything and where, where would you love this to go? What would your ultimate application for the metaverse or, or specifically NVIDIA's Omniverse be? Taking this out, you know, a few decades from now, maybe I have my dream. This is what I tell anybody who will listen to me internally at NVIDIA or the new people that I hire. I've been, I've been doing computer graphics since I was 10 years old in the mid 80s. So it's been a long time. I've been doing this for, you know, 37 years or so. Creating virtual worlds is still extremely hard. There's not that many people in the world that know how to do this. The ones that do it at a really high level, there's very, very few of them. They're either at visual effects studios or AAA game studios. There's a small number of people in the world that can that that can create this kind of artwork. But with the introduction of AI, we now have the possibility of empowering more people to create, create virtual worlds and all the things inside them at that same quality level. If you project that out 10 years from now, 20 years from now, my dream is that when I have a grandchild, a granddaughter, I imagine, I hope, my kids are teenagers right now, so it's probably going to be a long time. But when I have that granddaughter, when she's three years old and, and telling me stories, her fantasies, the things that are in her mind, I want those words that are coming out of her mouth to be interpreted by a computer that would then construct exactly what she's imagining in a virtual world so that I could go enter that virtual world with her and see it so that I don't have to just interpret what she means and um, try to guess at what she's talking about, but have have the experience that she's having inside her brain. And so I think I think that's actually going to happen. Uh, had you would have asked me this ten years ago, is that going to be possible in my lifetime? I would have said no. But the introduction of AI changed everything, and I think I think we're going to get to a point where our kids are gonna be able to show us exactly what's inside their brains the moment they start communicating at all, even before they have words. 
I love that. I'm literally there, you know, as you're describing that. I just think that's so, so powerful. You know, I, I provisionally kind of titled this episode System, Silicon and Software, but now I'm also adding in another S to it, I think, almost story sensing that you were describing there. I love that. I think that is incredibly powerful, A, for that shared experience you're describing there, but also there's a ripple effect as well. You know, for example, when, when kids are poorly and trying to understand what that was about. You can imagine that extrapolated into that experience and really understanding where they're coming from. So that is fascinating. I, I love that. I'm, I'm right with you. I think that would be absolutely incredible. And I have a great deal of confidence with that trajectory of innovation that's come to the fore all throughout our conversation today, all those building blocks being in place to make things like that a reality. So exciting times. And again, that coming together to make this a reality is so, so powerful as well. So Rev, thank you so much for taking time. Incredibly busy week for you at GTC. So I really appreciate that. And well, I'm really excited. And the future's bright, shall we say, I think, in terms of what we can do for business, but also for society and for our kids of the future. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's a really, really wonderful use case. I really hope you can get there. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was, uh, this was a great pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all for watching and listening too. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode of Tomorrow's Tech Today. If you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe to us and leave a review. It really means a lot. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and see more behind the scenes video footage on YouTube. Thanks for listening.